Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safety. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. So we're here today, and it is Talking Tesla 96, <laughs> and this show... I thought you were going to start it off like a funeral. ...is like a 96-year-old man. Parts of him are interesting and energetic. Hmm. Parts of him are... A little old and grouchy, mm. and other parts of him have this odor. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can decide which parts are which. Wow. But oh Mel's my. the odor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the odor. Why do I have to be the odor? You don't have, I mean, really? Do you have to ask that question? All right, I'm the odor. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to say a couple of things before we get started. Uh-huh. Number was going. First of all, I don't know if you knew, there's this new car, probably, what? maybe you've heard of it. It's called a Model 3. What? Yeah, it's a Model 3. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, I can on Friday. Okay, great. Right now, I can't tell you too much about it, but um, Model 3, there's going to be a live streamed event. We're going to live stream here. I've just had my heart broken. What? Robert can't come because he works for a living. Oh, <laughs> Robert. So it's going to be Tom and Mel and Cece and Cousin Dave and uh, a couple of other idiots. We'll be here streaming at 6.30 on the tube that is you under the Tesla that is talking network. So what – so really, let's – I'm going to come clean. Okay. Robert doesn't actually exist. I do Robert's voice. It's true. Um, So you can't live stream (laughs) with both of them in the same room. It's kind of like Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson, same person. We decided we needed somebody smart and knowledgeable, and we couldn't find anyone. So I decided to play the role of Robert. And, I mean, you can tell. Look at the Twitter feed. Look at that photo. Clearly, that's not a real picture of a human being. And you took ventricular Ventricular. <laughs> ventriloquist lessons. It's obvious. Obvious. I didn't need to take ventriloquist lessons because you're not here. I um, also wanted to say thank you to the Patreon people. Yes. Uh, those people that support us, we thank you very much. I did a really, really high-end uh, video. Super high-end. How was that? It was high-end. Is it? Is it like Robert's trunk video that doesn't exist? I did Do a we- trunk video. And then I, I did it like five times, and every single time I did it, somebody's driving with squealing wheels. There are kids screaming. I don't even know where they are. They just appear out of nowhere. I have to go out to like the Mojave Desert because there's no exterior sound studios that it's, I know of. I believe uh, it's pronounced Mojave. Mojave. That's how I can go to Baker. The Mojave Desert. I can go Baker. Mm, go to Baker and Baker. see what's going on at the Greek place. We'll talk about. So, I wonder how many Apple iTunes reviews have we had since our last week's challenge? I have no idea. You asked for fifteen. We got about five. 
That's pretty good. Are they good? They're good. They're, people were really happy with this. I have no idea why, <laughs> given the first five minutes of have the they, show so far. Have they, whoa, have they heard the show? Well, they haven't voted it based on this. No, no. that's true. They didn't vote into the future. They didn't, they weren't, they weren't prescient. <laughs> Voting back into the future. Um, so as Robert looks that up, uh, so we got to the YouTube thing. Yeah. And then, um, what YouTube are we going to have like a live oh, stream live. going? Live I could, stream. I could, I could like send in some yeah. really goofy, like you know, stalker texts. That I'm would be sure great. All of your patients would love that. We are going to be well. streaming from the tube that is you, starting at six thirty. There will probably be sake. Uh, there might be some cheese. I have some news for you right now. Let's, okay, I'm going to tell you this right now. If Go. if you're going to use the word probably yeah. in front of my Friday night, yeah, uh, you are going to have some issues, my friend. There better Oof. be. There will be sake. Uh, uh, well, let's call it craft services. There better be a situation in which I am enjoying myself. Yeah. Okay. There will be sliders. There'll be shoddy. Uh, there'll be sake. Okay. There'll be a Model 3. That's bad. What? Uh, there'll be an event. Oh. No. We were going to watch as Tom uh, gets his car. <laughs> no. He is going to, after the event, live on TV, on the YouTube, Tom is actually going to configure his car. Although the fo- I'll tell you this about Tesla the yes. very following week so the Tesla the Model 3 is going to come out they're going to open the design studio the first x amount of people are going to get to design their car and they're going to do it and the very next week Tesla's going to change everything because they do that every day right now because last week did we not say you can't buy a car with air suspension we said you cannot Unless you buy a hundred D, unless you bought the top of the line full, not a hundred D, a hundred battery watt. And this week, smart air suspension comes on every car they make. Well, you are just so attentive, so attuned that you are like looking at the granular detail of Tesla while they're in the process of updating it. And now you <laughs> must bring that information to the nation. So now you go to the website, smart air suspension, standard equipment. I'm getting very confused, and in fact, we've got some more sort of stories like this, but I, I think one has to uh, question, uh, <laughs> what are they drinking over there? So we talk about them doing things to try to, to, try to make, to streamline production, yes. right? Yes. Like they're going to do, they're doing this a great idea because they're going to streamline production, yes. and next week, yes. they're like, mm, you know what, let's streamline production in a totally different way uh, because... I don't know because I don't, it's Thursday. I've decided we're going to change everything. So they lowered the price on stuff. Yes. And again, now everybody gets smart air suspension. So if you ordered a Tesla 75 last week, you don't have Not it. Not only do you get smart air suspension, mm-hmm. you get LED fog lights. Ooh. Ooh, that's pretty nice. You get the, the, the headlights that turn with you. Uh-huh. Which is really nice. I think – I don't remember what they're called. I call them turning Turning lights. lights. Yeah. yeah. And they have uh, – everybody gets lit door handles, which is really nice oh, because – they're so lit, dude. dude. lit, bro. <laughs> they're so nice because when I go and plug in, my plug is outside and it's near the sort of like left front wheel. And that lit driver's door handle helps me to find where to stick the prongs of the plug and last but not least, and the interior ambient lighting. So if you go to the Tesla website right now, right now to buy a Model S, okay. There are beyond autopilot, yes. beyond autopilot, beyond. two options. And really, unless you want the rear facing seats, which is one of the two, yes. There's one option package besides 
autopilot. Sub-zero. One thing, premium upgrades package. You used to be able to uh, upgrade to a premium package, right? That still exists. You used to be able to upgrade smart air. That that does not exist anymore. You used to be able to upgrade your sound system, which is now part of the premium upgrades package. Nice. And you used to be able to upgrade your charger. Now you cannot do any of that. It all is it is what it is. And very confusing. It's uh, changing it? constantly. So next week, yeah, what's going to be next? The week? only thing you'll be able to do is put four-inch wheels on it. That's going to be the <laughs> only option. Be weird. They're, they're, what they're doing is they're taking that Tesla for kids thing, right? And they're just they're just adding the wheels of that because people like that look to the Model S. I'm concerned that what's going to happen next week is that they're going to say, you know, the really efficient way. To make this car like super efficient, just to not make it's it, it's to stop. <laughs> yeah, just to stop making it. The Model S is now forty grand. You're welcome. It's you, it's nothing there. It's vapor. <laughs> What's going to happen with the Model Three? They're going to do this. It reminds me of this. We switched. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of they, Belushi. Remember the one where they switched? Yes. No Coke, Pepsi, we switch. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they just happen to have, like, no more air suspension for the last two months. Oh, uh, we're going to cut down air suspension. Oh, now we got air suspension. Who knows? Maybe it's, you know, that, what do they call that? Just-in-time supply? Yeah, You think just, that's what it is? They're like, hey, I don't know. this Why? week we're out of air suspension. Does it Let's make, make sense? it an option. Well, I don't know about this week, but they're <laughs> planning, you know, ahead of time. And maybe they're trying to clear old stuff out and bring new stuff in. And, you know, we got to make room for... Model three, whatever parts. So they're going to start. So that the, the the what this does for the people that that are irritated that are ordering the products, yeah, is it pisses them off. It seems to be a very bad uh, public relations move that every week right. uh, you go like, I could have got that, I should have got that. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm never going to buy it until you can or fix this up. Just they need to get to a sort of some form of status quo. And I'm not talking the 1970s rock group that I love so much. And I think you can get this car. It's very – what I will say about it is it is very well equipped the without S. any upgrades. The yes. S. Yeah. Right? The premium upgrades package, which cost $5,000. And forgive me. I'm going to discuss this for a little okay, bit longer. Okay, come on, right? please. I've got nothing else to, the, to do. The yeah. option is the, the bio-defense HEPA mode. Yes. Right? Who cares, honestly? Well, if you sit Although in the LA first thing it says, it, it blocks offensive odors. So if you're driving with Mel, it don't just disappear. You might want that one. <laughs> no, that that you need the ejection seat for that one. <laughs> it has a custom audio system specifically tuned for Tesla's ultra quiet cabin. Okay, I could live without that. And then it has XM radio capability when paired with the sunroof. Okay, that's still an option, but it's kind of a top level option. Yeah, but if you go for the glass roof, you. Right, Gone. heated seats. I don't care for every passenger. So now you can get heated seats in the in the back. I got that. Good for you because you live in such a cold climate. No, it's really nice when you go up to the mountains, going to Yosemite in the winter, driving yeah. through the cold places. It's really nice to and, have your butt warm. And then the heated steering wheel. But so if you want to save five grand, you don't have to buy any of those things, and you don't really need it. So you could buy a Tesla seventy nine five for. Actually, cheaper than that. That's for the 75D. Comes with smart air suspension, and that's before the tax credit. And they're they're all well, wheel drive now. Sixty nine thousand dollars. Tom, why don't you buy $69, one? Sixty nine thousand dollars is still more than the Model Three. 
How do we know? We haven't even seen the configurator. <laughs> That's a good point, really. How about this? What? Something that we talked about a while back, actually, mm-hmm. I talked about. Did you notice any mention there of anything leather in the car? <gasps> it's gone full vegan. No, it but has. the interior at the top, there's there's still, mm-hmm. I believe, a leather option. If Is you... there? Mm, I think the leather's mm. gone away. Although it doesn't say. It does say black. It says black premium interior, yes. figured ash wood decor, yes. and dark headliner. Premium equals sign no cow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, no leather. I'm just going to. Why are you applauding I'm that? giving Tesla a high five. Why? We talk about, you talk about meatless Mondays and meatless weekends and how Do you have meat... leather seats? Well, I, you know, that's about what was the offer. Do you have leather seats? Yes. Okay. They I... offered those seats with that were not leather. Yeah, not with the package that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I have. Um, the point of all this is, what the hell's going on over at Tesla? Yeah. They change. They're, they're nimble. N- nimble, week to week. I mean, this is not like the leather case or the non-leather case for your iPhone. <laughs> this is a $70,000, $80,000, $90,000 car. Changes every five minutes. I'd be ticked if two weeks ago I ordered it and they say, oh, no, you can't get a suspension you ordered two weeks ago. It's got to screw their production. It's got to screw their order. It's got to screw their uh, PR when they change big things like air suspension every five minutes. Like, again, two weeks ago, if I couldn't get air suspension on my 75 and now I can, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Put air suspension in my car. I know this is ridiculous. I just want to know why. Like, I want, this is what I want. I want a a White House press secretary type of situation to happen in Fremont. Oh. But but when they say something like somebody – maybe that's where Spicy can land. He can go to Tesla. He can give information. It's kind of maybe a similar situation because maybe Elon will change his mind or tweet during the middle of it some alternative information. Right. So how could it be any different than working know. at the White House? I'm not sure. But but at least we would have, you know, he'd get up on that podium and he'd just get out there and, and he'd be like, today we're cha- we've added smarter suspension for everyone and here's why. And that would be it. And then we would know. So I just wanted to make sure you saw that the least expensive Tesla mm-hmm. right now on the website, I'm doing a Tom thing here. Mm-hmm. Is a seventy? Oh, sorry, a sixty rear wheel drive, silver with black interior, twenty seven thousand miles, forty nine five. That's the used. That's yeah. in the used. You're talking used. about the cheapest yeah, used. Yeah, and cheapest. the cheapest new one, brand new, out the door. It's like another twenty. Yeah, seventy four. Tom, are you going to get an S or a three? I mean, if it keeps going down like this, Ooh. no, it's still thirty grand more. I mean, uh, let's let's we be realistic. We don't know how much the three costs. Know. We we know we don't. Okay, here's what we don't know: we don't know how much it costs. We have an idea. We don't know what the range is. Right. We have an idea. Go on. We don't know all of the colors it's available in. We <laughs> have an idea. Continue. We don't know. Uh, how long it's going to be till they offer dual drive, if at all? Thank you. We don't. Yeah, we know that they're not going to offer smart air suspension, or do we? Right. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to wait for the pre pre oh, pre announcement. Goodness Tom. And gracious! No what they the next announce reveal. on Friday, and we'll be streaming live on uh-huh. Test the YouTube yeah. channel. No matter what they announce on Friday, by Monday it'll be completely different. I'm going to be in the fetal position in the corner if this doesn't stop no, soon. Tom. I need. Some knowledge. So it's it doesn't that concern you that going through this the last few months, 
are you afraid to order your model free because you know two weeks later the package is going to be different? Two weeks after you get yours, and it's like, okay, we've got a new package, and you get everything, and uh, it can fly to the moon. And here's why I'm really concerned about it, because what am I going to do? I only have two children, one of driving age, one not of driving age. There's only so many Teslas I can give away to people in my family. (laughs) And also, I will be broke. So this just makes it so that you guys want your four-month lease. Yeah, I need a, a the right now two month a two that's week lease. With that's actually, an excellent month point. To month that's lease. an excellent point because like I was buying this thing. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. I, I don't think so. Can I think we talk I'm about leasing it? Can we talk about the buy versus lease thing? Can, right. Uh, you know what? Let's do it. People ask this all the time, and generally here and there, Los Estados Unidos, you can lease cars. I don't know if how popular it is. It's not that popular in Australia, or at least it wasn't back it's in the not. day. So you uh, can lease, which is. You basically say, I'm going to keep it for three years. Uh, usually it's a three-year lease. Yeah. And then uh, they'll take off the residual value and then yeah. how much you buy it for. And then you get a smaller payment, basically. It's a way to get into a car for a smaller payment. Than smaller down bought. payment, typically, is the Smaller deal. down payment and, and smaller monthly payment. So instead of paying off the car over five years, which is a typical loan to buy a car, you do it over three years and you've got this residual value. Anyway, it's a way to get into the car. Yeah. And I've always said, or recently I've been saying, because these cars change so quickly, yeah. You should lease, and then at the end of your lease, you can decide, oh, I'll buy the car, or I'll just get a new one. Recently, I've been thinking, I might just buy the Model 3 and then sell the damn thing. There could be, there could be potentially quite a secondary market for these cars, at least initially. Although I would tell you, from experience, the buying and the reselling of things doesn't always go as you want. The first issue that you're going to run into, number one, yes. is you're going to most money that you're going to make doing a situation like that's going to be via a private party. You're yes. going to have people, some of whom have heard this show, some of whom have not, coming to your home. And you're going to have to test drive them around. You will now be a car salesman. No. Do you want to do that? No, no you do not, right? No. Or I don't. your second option is to take it to, like, say, the. Uh, one of those national uh, retailers that uh, start with car and uh, end with axe, for instance, <laughs> and 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 sell them your car, and they will buy it every, that day. Give you a check. You can walk out super easy, but they're gonna take a little bit of the money that you could have potentially made from it. Now, for you, that's not a huge concern. For the average Joe like myself. As it were, I don't want to leave the two grand on the table. I don't want the Craigslisters coming to my home, and I don't want to give the CarMax the the two thousand uh, dollars. Rock and hard place, and look right between them. Tom, <laughs> I uh, I think there's going to be quite a few people who were sitting on the fence about putting their money down on a reservation, and when they see the buzz and they see you know more and more things coming out with people happy with their Model 3s, that people will literally buy this car sight unseen. So I don't know that you're going to go through that. They might want to come and look around at your car, but I don't think there's going to be much of a haggling situation. I think they're going to look at it and they're going to go, oh my God, that's it? You're going to give me the key and if I give you this money? No, you're going to get people who think they might want to order one, but they can't see it because they can't go to the Tesla and they can't buy. They're going to have all these test drivers and the looky-loos and all the other things coming to your home. And then they're going to hear his voice and they're uh, going to be like, and the smell. I've, I've heard you on the radios. Wait a minute. On the, the podcast. Are, is this Mel Herbert? And then they're going to want him to sign it. And it's just going to be That's awkward. an extra $1,000. None of that's going to happen. So the point was, 
Uh, wait, wait, wait. You had a point. I had a I'm point. sorry. Is that I thought that the protection against an ever-changing Tesla... Oh, we're back to the original. I thought the protection against an ever-changing Tesla was to lease and flip every three years. But yeah. three years is too long. That's a long time. So if you want to flip your car, oh. buy it and resell it. Yes, you're going to lose a bit of cash. Yeah. But if you're in this because of it's a bit of a game, like me... Um, then the ability to sell the car and upgrade it and get a new one is a way for you to flip it quickly, yeah. but also to help the next generation of people come and get their car. So you rationalize it that way. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm pissing away a couple of grand here whenever I do this, but at least I'm getting a little cheaper car onto the market that somebody else can buy, for mm-hmm. example. Because I've got a three-year lease on the X, I mean on my uh, S, my mm-hmm. new S. It's too long um, because I think I want a Model 3. Yeah. And I want to get rid of the S and I want to get a Model 3, but I've tried to get out of I've looked at getting rid of my uh, lease uh-huh. on my S after you know, six months. And I'm like, <laughs> you can do give it. Give us all the money you've but, got. But here's what I'll tell you about that. And I see these listings, right? People who are trying to get out of their leases and they basically list the car for sale for their lease monthly payment. Like I've right. got 22 payments of $800 take over my lease and you're good to go. Now you would have lost whatever money you put down and the yeah. Tesla leases have a larger down payment than your normal leases but although maybe not based on the cost of the car but but still like it's more money down. Well, um it's not financially responsible for me to do that. I'm not going to do it. It's going to cost me too much money. But do, do you get the point? Yeah. I think that it changes the question of leasing versus buying. Normally, I'm like, lease, lease, lease. But if you're thinking, well, in a year or two, I might want to sell this to Cousin Bob and I'll get a different car, I'll get the dual motors. I definitely am thinking, just buy the Model 3. There's going to be a huge aftermarket while they still ramp up production. And even six months in, you drive it for six months and you're like, cool, the dual, ver- dual drive version's around. Then you can just sell it to Cousin Bob or to you know Sister Wendy or whoever it is and not lose that much money. <laughs> Sister Wendy and Cousin Bob. So if you bought a Model S with rear-wheel drive or leased a Model S with rear-wheel drive right now, a car that's 69.5, yes, right? Uh, with a $1,200 delivery, $70,000 total cost, uh, and you did a down payment or trade-in of $5,000, your order payment would be $2,500. You'd owe another $7,600 at signing, and your lease payment would be eight sixty-one. That's a considerable amount of money if you're talking about the $5,000. Well, I mean, that includes the – so the $7,600, that's a lot of money. I don't know what it is to to lease a comparable $80,000 uh, car from Germany uh, who shall remain unbranded. That has B and MW. <laughs> Uh, but but that's a considerable amount of money. Yes, Robert? I wonder, as the Model 3s start rolling out to we, the people of mm-hmm. Tesla Nation, yeah. how might that affect the stock price? How many people do you think have bought Tesla stock as sort of their holding package, hoping that it's going to go up, which it has, mm-hmm. to help them afford a Model 3 with maybe more options or mm-hmm. even afford it in the first place? I wonder how that might affect the stock price and if the stock price might take a little bit of a a tamp a tamping down because people are dumping their Tesla stock to buy their Model 3s. Let's ask Google right now. Hey Google, what's Tesla's stock price? The price for Tesla shares on Nasdaq is $339.05 as of 11:29 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, up 3.24% from last Friday. 
Schwing. And uh, to answer your question, uh, no. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to buy these, a lot of people are going to resell them, but it'll all be a good buzz. What will affect the stock price is not somebody like me buying it and saying in six months, well, I want to get a different version and I'm going to sell this and lose a few thousand. What is going to affect the stock price is when they start coming off the line in the thousands and the wheels start falling off. That's going to affect the stock whoa, price. Whoa, whoa, settle down. Well, it would. That would. Yeah, that would be problematic. I also have a question for you, Bert. We're about to get into some more Model 3 stories because we'd really like to know what we're buying on Friday, but we can't possibly wait for four days. Why so do we're you keep talk about- saying that? We're not bu- – you think – okay, do you honestly believe on Friday yes. – Design Center, like, that's what he announces? Design Center's open that's for... That's what it's supposed to happen. That's what he says. Design Center open. For the first how many? For everybody in the world. Everyone? I don't know. This is all part of the mystery. But the Design Center, as I understand it, <laughs> from the reading of the blogs and the things that are on the interwebs, and I believe everything on the interwebs, mm-hmm. uh, that the Design Center will open, I presume, sort of like an Apple event. Here's the reveal, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. It's great. It's shiny. It's amazing. It's got all these things. And at the end of the event, magically, click. Have on, at it. On goes the design center for the first 1.7 trillion people that have ordered this. That's everyone. There's yeah. not even 1.7 trillion people on the planet yet. You know what I mean. A lot of people. <laughs> Don't you think that's what's going to happen, please? I mean, but they did yes. it for the X. They they slowly rolled out that design studio. That is true. I remember being very excited for about 30 seconds after I got my invitation to the X Design Studio, and then I saw the price, yeah, and was like, "Wow, I'm no longer very excited about this." Yeah. Now I have to figure out how to get my wife away from the wall so she doesn't jump off of it <laughs> with all of our cash. Uh huh. Um, so you think that it could be a phased uh, rollout of the design center for the first say thousand? I think and then that the makes the most sense. Thousand. Well, here's next, what I'll tell you upsetting. about that. Well, okay, but. But look at what we've dealt with in the last week with options changing. So let's say they open the design studio to 500,000 people, yes. some of which aren't going to get their car for 18 months. Yes. Yeah. And and midway through that cycle, they've changed half of the things on the car. Now you've got 250,000 people changing their order, right, and, and removing things or adding things. Like, you don't want that to happen. Okay. Squiggle me this. Oh, Answer me this. this show Let's hasn't talk even about started. this. Yes. Why wouldn't you open the design center, but you can't actually sort of configure your real car? Like right now, you just go and play with the design center, which we all do all the time. Don't lie to me. I know you do. You're playing with it constantly. Doesn't your mother tell you, <laughs> stop playing with your design center? <laughs> but, you can, exactly. but you can actually buy a car there. Yeah, but you don't have to buy the car. The point being that you go on and they let 500,000, a million, two million people play with the design center and mm-hmm. ask themselves this. They answer themselves this. Uh-huh. I wonder what people really want. And then by watching and using data, they go, boy, it turns out that everybody wants it in black. Let's make sure that's not available. <laughs> Well, let's say it is this week and not next week. That's right. Let's make sure that exactly what they want is not available two weeks from now and call it an improvement. It looks like everyone wants leather seats. Let's offer them for eight minutes. You know, I wonder how much of this is uh, marketing. And I don't know who's uh, in charge at marketing right now and how often they change. But I wonder if these changes on the website and what's available have to do with personnel who think they know what they're doing. And maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know what the what the real sales numbers look like. I know what we're aggravated about it. Are you talking about? Well, so I used to work at a store that does like, you know, outdoor equipment and backpacking and such and I would just go in and teach classes. Mm-hmm. And like I would be there maybe every month 
every twice a month, literally in a year, six times in a year, they would move everything in the store around. Mm -hmm. Like you'd walk in and the jackets were on the left and the tents were on the right. Mm -hmm. And you come in the next week and the tents are on the left and the jackets are on the right. Mm -hmm. And my job was kind of teaching people about going outdoors and like, oh, yeah, that jacket's really good. And I'm like, oh, crap, where are the jackets? Mm -hmm. The jackets have moved again. And I was like, why are you doing this? They said, it makes sales go up. It's still the same jacket, though. But where is it? It's missing. It's over there. Or maybe the jackets aren't there. I mean, it's right. just that same sort of mentality but of Tesla, like, get it now quick because it's going to change. But Tesla moved the jackets and took the sleeves off. Well, yeah. they added other sleeves. <laughs> they added a fourth set of sleeves. Yeah, it's as if they yeah, made a T-shirt jacket. They're like, what? I don't want a T-shirt. But I – this is just as an aside – that is my greatest peeve about my local restaurant chain, Ralph's, who will remain unnamed. Um, <laughs> Re- uh, Ralph's isn't a restaurant chain, just for the record. Uh, it's a grocery supermarket chain. Supermarket chain. Excuse yeah, but he me. He goes there I and go while there for... he's shopping. Yeah, I eat the food while I'm going. <laughs> crazy. It drives me crazy. They do the same thing. They move the, everything around so it looks like it's bright and shiny. And uh-huh. I'm like, I just want to find the peanut butter. Yesterday, the peanut butter was here. Yeah. Now, I don't know where the peanut butter is. And I spend hours walking around because I'm a man. I'm not going to ask anybody. Hours walking around trying to find a peanut butter every six months when they move the store. It drives me crazy. I want to know who wrote that chapter in the marketing textbook. I want to I want to petition against them. Thank you. But I will tell you this. I will tell you one thing that hasn't changed at your local Ralph's. If you only shop around the perimeter, that's where the real food is. Yeah, that's a good tip. Pro tip for uh, pro tip for grocery shopping. Absolutely. Don't go in the aisles. Right. All of the natural and good and whole wholesome foods are on the perimeter of the store. I yeah. don't unless, want that unless you, <laughs> unless you need some onion powder or baking soda. Smells like they moved the Oreos and they moved the Chips Ahoy and That's they moved right. the potato chips. The chimichangas are nowhere to be found. I, I mean, come like, on. I don't like any of it and it's making me upset. So I think we have spoken for 30 minutes so far. <laughs> we have gotten to uh, Article Zero, let's, but it has been very informative. Let's talk about Model 3. Look, there's a, a Wait, bunch we've of- we've been talking about Model 3. Well, let's talk more about it because it's so exciting. It's coming uh, on Friday. I don't know if you knew this, but we'll be live streaming on YouTube. At <laughs> is that happening? That's happening. That's great. So this is from Jalopnik, and it's a Tesla fan approaches Doug Field. Apparently, he's the senior VP of engineering. Apparently. And he's got this nice gray model. 3, and it looks really nice, and this dude comes up randomly as this poor senior VP of engineering is just trying to get into his car and go (laughs) home to the kids, and this Tesla fan just runs up and shoves an iPhone in his face and starts uh, videoing, and uh, Doug goes, uh... You Tesla uh, fans are really quite something. <laughs> yeah. And there's a little bubble that goes over his head, a thought bubble. It's like, you're a complete idiot and get out of my face. No, what his thought bubble <laughs> said was, why do we not have a secured parking lot for employees at this place? Yeah, what is this, happening? This is actually in that spot. It's actually on the on the left side of the bank of superchargers mm-hmm. that is supposed to be, you know, Tesla business area. Yeah. But uh, you, I, you guess you can just walk over there right yeah. past the Tesla security model S. Mm-hmm. It's emblazoned <laughs> with badges and gold on either door. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can just walk right past. Those guys are security monitors. Right. <laughs> it looks like that there are people basically staked out there all day with their phones right. waiting for a glimpse of a model three. Yeah. To you people, 
Thank first you. of all, one, thank you very much. <laughs> Two, get a life. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, don't get a life. Don't get a life. No, get what? Get better freaking pictures of the inside of the thing, yeah. and then get a life. So they got a little bit of. Uh, so the outside looks beautiful, gray. The wheels, uh, we're not so happy about. A lot of people like the wheels on that weird. particular model, but right. there are some nice wheels out there. But we did get a little look inside, and it looks bare. I just put one picture in there, but people have literally gone frame by frame through this pu- puppy. It looks what, Mel? Bear. Can you spell that for B-E-A-R, me? B-E-A-R, as in hairy and dangerous when cornered. Is that what it looks like? Because that's confusing, because I think what you mean is B-A-R-E, bear and sparse. Oh, not a hairy thing no, that will eat I don't, you it doesn't in the look revenues? Like, it you, doesn't even look like somebody who so would you steal are, your picnic basket. You guys are revealing what our show notes <laughs> quality is. I think to Tom the is bringing up the fact that I um, <laughs> am using English as my fourth language and I'm not, yeah, not quite uh, able to spell I'm the not right even word. I'm actually sure you're using it as a language. So the point is that it's very. Um, Clean. Sparse. Sparse. <laughs> uh, without hair. Uh-huh. Um, and. I don't like that. Um, I think it looks fine, and we're all going to get used to it. But one of the things that comes up to me, because this just happened last night, yeah. took our grandma, grandpa to dinner, and you're driving along in your ex, and you don't see so well at night because you're 52 and there's something wrong with your eyeballs, and every time you get your glasses fixed, they say they put you know stuff that makes the glare go away, and it never works. So you can't see as well at night as you can during the day. So what you use is the little lines on the in-dash display of your ex, which shows the lines really well. It helps you to stay within the lines. That's very helpful. Yeah. Not going to be able to do that in the Model 3. Not in the same way, but maybe you'll be able to do it. But I, uh, that is that is one of the bigger concerns because last week I drove in your new S with you. Thank and you. you were in autopilot, and it was doing very nicely. Thank you. And then we turned off onto a side road. Thank you. And you turned off your autopilot for whatever reason, and I made you turn it back on, and yes. the car proceeded to try to kill us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yes, it, it, was, it was a little bit confused. But without the sort of center-up dashboard thing, although I will tell you this, as the passenger, I could have seen the lines better if it was in that center display. And I'm not advocating for the center display because I've advocated against the center display. So you're not going to see me flip-flopping over here. That's not happening. But I think it. hopefully that line thing will exist on the center display. Yeah, I expect it'll be up in the top left corner. We've seen some pictures mm-hmm. of the center display. Of course, you know, how many times has the screen, both the binnacle screen above the steering wheel and the center screen in the Model S changed since 2012? 187 times. Yeah, like, no, it's changed at least a dozen, half a dozen times. That's not 187. No, but it's a lot. And it's actually really unsettling. I still am peeved that they've taken the date off of the binnacle screen. I That was so useful because I'd be talking to somebody. I wasn't paying attention to the date. And I go... Well, yeah, of course, it's Sunday, and it's Sunday the 7th, it's two, it's 2007, and they're like, oh, my God, I thought you were driving. I said, like, I am, but I know the date, time, day of the week. At all times. I use all it a little times. differently. Yeah, I know it's 2017. I know that. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm not, am I the only person that uses those little lines even when they're not in yes. autopilot to yes. basically help you not. drive at night? Of course you're not. But the other things about it, right, and these are some other things that I brought up, right, is in, in autopilot hardware 2, as your car currently is, you don't see the representations of the other vehicles or the people, right? So when right. you have all of that available to you on the side screen, you know what? That's not going to be fabulous in in some ways. But, but let's let's get the car. 
Let's see how it works. That's not what the show is about. The show is about. And then they'll change it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I think that could be a little bit of a downside. And that's why um, I'll buy it because I might not want it in six months and say, yeah. look, the S is just better for me. Thank you uh, very much. The other thing that you don't see in the dashboard, and Robert's about to jump down my throat, <laughs> is that you don't see AC vents. Like normal, traditional, oh, wow. positionable yes. air conditioning vents. I like those. I like those as well because sometimes I want the wind blowing on my face. Because I'm hot. And sometimes yeah. I want the wind blowing on my chest because I like to drive you're bare naked. chested and, <laughs> bare. and let it all the just bare is back. B-A-R-E chested. Sometimes I've got a cigarette and a Budweiser. I mean, that's what I like to do. Naked in my car. But if I can't, but if I can't see the vents and I can't control the vents, that's that's let's to use a a Mel Herbertism. That's upsetting. <laughs> but you can control the vents. How? Because they talked about there being a continuous vent along the dash uh-huh. that was controlled through the dash display with uh, electronic. I don't know what you would call them. I guess they're uh, louvers. Yeah, like louvers. So you could adjust where you want it to blow if you want them. Open more to the ceiling or to the lower part. Evidently, you can adjust that using the electronics. And guess what? In just a few days, we'll see somebody playing with that. Oh, I hope so. Um, and then the, another thing is people go through this frame by frame on poor Dougie. <laughs> don't, don't talk about me like I'm not in the room. <laughs> they say, hey, look, we've seen this a couple of times now. Uh-huh. Instead of having a fob, they have a key card, and they've got the key card sitting in sort of the cup holder. And uh, I didn't realize that this had been seen in a number of other pictures of it Model 3s before. And I like this, so let's have some discussion. I like me fob. It's cute. Right. It's the shape of the X or the S, but it's very bulky in one's pocket. I would love this key card if it could slip into my wally. Yeah, you, they do show the key card. There is a card in uh, in Doug's hand, a black folio of a card of some sort. But yes. that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't have a fob in his pocket. Correct. Right? So I don't. we don't know. Jury is still out. We have seen key cards. My guess is uh, people who work for Tesla and want to actually get in the building need a key card. Exactly. And (laughs) they have to hold it in their hand. Two points here is that Renault has been using a key card for 15 years. But it's not exactly a key card. It's actually about three millimeters, four millimeters thick. It has a button battery in it. It has a circuit board in it. Mm -hmm. And it has a few buttons. And they're talking about there being this key card magically opening up and running and doing your car. The problem is, is that I've used these key cards and I'm actually holding one in my hand right now, Mm -hmm. about a millimeter, not quite thick. Yeah, a millimeter thick. Mm -hmm. And this thing, you have to hold it up to a plate on the wall, and you need to be within about four inches for this thing to work. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to just be walking up to your car, any corner of your car, and expect to have a key card like this work unless Tesla has employed or and developed some brand new technology, which will make Tesla stock worth quite a bit more if they sell it to my hospital because the, these cards don't work that well. You have to be well. It's just a question jerking of whether, around and putting it in the right spot, and well, it's just a question of whether or not they were able to miniaturize the fob electronics, yeah, to make them fit in a flatter keycard, which is possible. Like, it could be the exact same technology that already exists in the fob, no, only flat. 
No, because well, the FOB be. has a battery, is an active transmitting. I get that. This card just reflects a key, uh, a, a signal that's on this no, plate. No, this one does for sure, but you could still make a flat. I mean, they you could get a button battery another half a millimeter thick than this. Tesla can't do anything with batteries. They don't do anything with batteries. <laughs> they, they don't understand. They, they would actually have to figure out. They'd have to build a key card gigafactory. gigafactory. <laughs> that's a, I knew that's where they ended and the seventh production car and backseat. So Tesla Rati, we love those. Lucky number seven. So somebody got some pictures of lucky number seven, and they got some pictures in the back, and it looks like there's a lot of legroom in the back. And initially we talked about this. Some people are saying, oh, it's really crappy legroom. Mm-hmm. This looks like there's a lot of legroom in the back. I think I could probably fit upwards of 70 or 80 human legs in the back of it. It looks uh, big. <laughs> Is but, that not what you meant? But Huge. we don't we Large. don't have a sense of whether this was a tiny person like me in the front who has the seat <laughs> all the way up, so it looks like there's a lot of room in the back, or somebody giant like Robert who's got the thing all the way back. Is there any room there? So we don't know. Although somebody made a note, yes. I think in the comments section of that of this article that that it would make sense if Tesla's going to add these cars to its transportation network that there would be enough room in the back seat for passengers to feel comfortable. Well, Elon said as part of their design that they've sort of moved the cab forward yeah. in order to improve the uh, room in the back. Because that's a problem with a lot of the little cars is that you've got reasonable leg room in the front, but you have to have basically no legs to be comfortable in the back. This yeah. is one of the reasons why the dash was made so much smaller. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff that was there before has been eliminated so we could Make more room in the cab. Now, what I'll tell you, though, is that the desk doesn't look all that small. It looks like it is very deep with plenty of room for things like uh, binnacles yeah. and such. Now, a lot of people have been uh, commenting on uh, how the car looks and how the dash looks and what the wheels look like and <laughs> the fact that there is two USB plugs in the back seat and it's all very cool. But this is all stuff that I personally don't care that much about. Well, I care about one Big thing. Can you have it? Range. Mm-hmm. I really want to know. Could we know? I can't wait till Friday. What is the range on this puppy going to be? Yeah, but people want to know what it. People care about what their vehicles look like because they spend a lot of time in them. They spend a lot of money on them. So for most people, uh, the design is important. And I will tell you, looking at the forums generally about all of these uh, sightings and spottings and such. Uh, they're about 50-50, sort of some people hate it, mm. and some people are loving it. Not even, most people aren't even loving it. They're sort of like, I don't care, it's an electric car, like Mel over there. Like, they just want it. If you were going to judge it based on pure attractiveness, so far, it's okay. But the inside is a little bit eh. In my opinion. Yeah, uh, I've been watching those same forums. I think everybody, well, not everybody, many people really like the outside of it. It looks like the baby S. A lot of people are divided about this uh, internal lookings. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people saying it's so smooth and clean. There's sort of people who like everything flat, smooth surfaces, no knobs. Those people are like, this is really cool. And then there are the people like Tom saying... Uh, I need me some knobs and some shiny things yeah. and some vents, <laughs> some knobbly and bits, some bits. <laughs> and if I don't have that, I'm not going to be happy. So I love, again, I it, love that so many people are just so obsessed. It's it, wonderful. Well, that's the beautiful thing is everybody's obsessed. But that can also be a bad thing if there's a lot of negative press. Like once we get in this incident, and people are like, I don't like it. You don't have that when you get in a Corolla because it's so 
average. You know what it's else you don't have? It's hard to tick people off when you're average. You know what else you don't have when you get into Corolla? Um, Supercharging? Yeah. That's what you don't have. You don't have electricity? Or a big battery. Or so big that's battery. why I come big down. Battery. I was like, I don't care because I'm not comparing against yeah. you know, your Honda Accord or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want an electric car with a lot of range. Right. So compare this it, is the car. Compare it to the Bolt. Right. Okay. Or the Volt. All right. I'll do that then. Or the Focus. Let's talk about autonomy on the gear stick. So in Wow, that's they nice. I have a little article here that says um, the one of the other things you can see when you look into these little inside pictures of the car, of which there's still not enough, mm-hmm. is that on the gear lever, mm-hmm. um, they've added <laughs> autonomous. It's a lever. It's a lever. It's a lever. <laughs> so you've got uh, reverse, you've got your neutral, uh-huh. you've got your drive, uh-huh. and now on that same sticky lever thing, uh-huh. you now have autonomy, like go into autonomous oh, mode, whereas right autonomy. now it's a separate lever right. that you have to fondle and grab. It goes yes. to autonomy. So it means two things. What does it mean? It Please means, explain. one, they're probably not getting their, what is that called, the, the thing that the wheel is mounted on. It's the uh, like the drive the the steering wheel sh- uh, shaft column column shift. column. That's the word I was Thank looking you. for. The steering column. They're not getting it from Benz anymore because it was a Mercedes Benz uh, device that they're mm-hmm. using in the Model S. So they're probably making their own. And number two, I expect they're going to roll it out into S and X like this as I think well. So too. Because somebody actually threw up on uh, I think it was Reddit a picture, and I tried to find this and I could not. I've got the latest update in the uh, Model S now, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And I went through the manual, all over through the manual, and it's not there. But someone had seen in their S mm-hmm. manual the this new version of the stick with mm-hmm. the drive, reverse, park, and autopilot engage all in one stick. This stick was in the Model 3 on a reveal yeah. day. Yeah. It was? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah, I expect I it'll be in frame the... by frame to find it. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> you guys are geeks. So I think this is, again, what we already know, that uh, there is this continuing movement towards, you know, as Elon has said, Tom, don't worry about what the, the in-dash display looks like because when you're a passenger in a cab, do you ever look at that thing? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, when I'm driving but, in your car, I do. And then you yeah, you actually do look at it because you're looking at my bits. Don't I look am. at my bits when I'm driving. Wow. No, okay, I'm sorry. Um and then driving without an in-dash display, let's just do another article from Electric. And when you say an in-dash display, it has an in-dash display. It's just not in front of the driver. It's just That's over in the middle. So don't say it's, it's not, not in the it, dash. It's in the middle. It's you know people know what I mean. The what dash, is that but the dash, thing called? the dash is in the middle. The dash is the whole thing, right? right? And this thing is both. in the dash. But but we're talking about the not the heads up display, but it's basically you know, binnacle display. It's the binnacle, binnacle display, the binnacle. but it's the drive. Typically, if if you're confused by all of this conversation, it's the display you have to sort of look through and around your steering wheel <laughs> to see. Binnacle. Hey Google, what is a binnacle display? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that yet. <laughs> the reason that that that's not kind of part of the common lexicon is that. People are now getting used to these very complex center displays, right? Mm-hmm. Starts in the Prius, definitely in the Model S and the X. And uh, the other display, the one we're typically used to that was on the Fords in 1950, are 
called the binnacle display is because that's what it is like in a in a uh, sailboat. Typically, the binnacle comes from a sailboat. That's where you mount your your gauges. That's in front of the big wheel or or in front of your seat if you have a tiller. That's the binnacle. So this has now been borrowed for car terminology. That's why it's being called the binnacle display. Sometimes your level of knowledge stuns me. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but right now Some, I'm stunned in the positive. Sometimes it puts us to sleep. I've never... That's where binnacle comes from. Well, I'll be butted on both sides and called binnacle. Well, anyway, uh, there's this guy, and this is from Electric. And it's uh, one of the guys that uh, sort of works for the Tesla, and he says, you know what, uh, the Prius has had this off-to-the-side non-binnacle display, and so is the Mini, and so is a lot of cars, and you get used to it very quickly. I just wanted to bring that up one more time. That mm-hmm. people who actually drive cars who don't have binnacle displays say it's going to be fine. You're going to get used to it in approximately 7.3 seconds. But as you put in your note here, you will still miss the rendering of the lane. So to me, that's yes. the interesting aspect of it, right? If you're concentrating on those lane renderings and all of that information in that center dashboard, depending on the placement of that information in the new centrally located display to end all displays yes, as it were yes. right is that stuff going to be there is it going to be usable is it going to be distracting over there i want to know all of that and to figure this out this is what i will tell you can i have mine <laughs> and i will answer all of these questions for you so none of this is going to stop you the second you're allowed to Configuring no, your three. No, I'm not going to be sitting around being like, so Tesla, I'm going to wait you out for six months until you put that center. No, that's not happening. I'm you're getting just, my you're car. Getting, and you know what? I've had a change. I've gone through the change of lifetime. <laughs> yes, you have many times. And uh, I've been saying, well, I've got these two reservations. I'm just going to sit on them or I'm going to uh-huh. buy them for, you know, buy them and then mm-hmm. sell them to people. I think, I think I'm going to buy one. You should buy them. Yeah, buy one. Buy one. Because I'm probably going to need your second one very, very shortly. And even if I lease, I'm going to need another one. Once the D comes out, I'm going to need another one. And you, listen, are you going to help a brother out? Or are you going to give it to some non-person who doesn't sit in a hot, steamy room with you every... Wait, well, never mind. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. <laughs> I think I'm going to buy one. Uh-huh. And then... Play with it, talk about it on the show, Ooh. go, whoa, this is great. Mm-hmm. And then, like you, when they come out with the dual vi- uh-huh. drive version, if it has significantly more mm-hmm. range, because mm-hmm. I don't need it for the four-wheel driving, uh-huh. then uh, sell it to cousin Bruce or Uncle Tom. So when me and Mel are, are, are talking about our Model 3s, Robert? I just tuned out because I was thinking about if you're missing the stick – that you pull back on to watch the little Mario Kart like yes, display. Yes, yes. I gotta have more cowbell. How are you gonna get more cowbell? That's Tell right. me, how are you gonna get more cowbell? So I don't the, know what that that ha- that means absolutely nothing. I was about to ask you what you were going to talk about on this show when me and Mel have have ownership level information about Model Three, and you're still tooling around in your old S technology. <laughs> One thing I know I'm not going to do is get in the car while Robert is driving. Robert is perfectly, <laughs> it's fine for him to drive the Model 3. I want him to have that experience. It's great. I'm sure he's a very yeah, safe driver. Yeah, but what if I get delivery of mine before you? That would be up. Are you going to get one? Sure. The Model Wait, 3? N- will you make well, up your mind? Be, I've got other people in the house who, 
you know, are, are kind of sold on electric vehicles. Right, but you, okay. So you are going to get one. You've said many times that you probably weren't getting it right away. You still haven't gotten rid of your Model S, right? Correct. Who's driving that? The wife. Is that is that a permanent situation for you, my friend? I don't think so. Okay. So then you buy Model 3 for, for the Mrs. Robert, yes. Yes. for Mrs. Robert, as it were. Yes. And then the S? Sell. CarMax or I Craigslist or... Oh, you want to go outside and have a little discussion? Tesla or, or Tom? Julian? <laughs> no. I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but you've got tan seats in your car. I do have tan seats. I don't seats. like the t- I, personally, oh, they're gorgeous. my own opinion, I don't like the tan They're seats. gone, you know. There are no more tan yeah, seats. Yeah, oh, I'm aware. Yeah. All right, let's continue on and talk about Chevy Bolt autonomous driving. Actually, I should say that uh, Robert's wife to? sent us a little note about a robot that apparently committed suicide. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't. I My did. wife sent I, this and I haven't seen she it. I actually heard this story something. on the radio. There was some robot at some mall-like place that sort of fell Security off. Security robot. It fell off the edge and landed in the pool and went. <laughs> and it was looked like the robot had committed suicide. So thank you to Robert's wife. It was really funny. There's this robot lying face down in the water, and it died. And the and the it was like an NPR story that I heard on it, yeah. right? And this robot and and the speculation was that this robot was in a place where there are couples strolling and and really enjoying being around each other, and the robot was became sort of sentient and mm. didn't and knew it could never have that and decided to kill <laughs> itself so as opposed to i don't know going off track with its autonomous driving right. and falling into so a pool on accident a la data exactly. <laughs> star trek exactly chevy bolt autonomous driving this is from electric and uh, they say look uh, chevy is about to have 300 cars with their uh, autonomous driving system which is called the cruise automation system <laughs> up from like 50 cars google has 100 cars um, That's adorable. Tesla has no cars. Well, very few. They've done like 500 miles of fully autonomous driving in like a couple of X's. And uh, so they're really pushing forward with uh, testing, testing, testing. And they say that level two autonomous driving is going to come to Chevy in 2018, which is next year. And remember, level two is it'll do a lot of things, but basically you still have to be fully engaged with your car. Level two is like what we have now, uh, cruise control. Uh, changing lanes a little bit, but it's not going to drive you from work to home through the side streets. Right. So that's where Chevy is sort of aimed by 2018. They're adding short and medium range radars to these additional vehicles in the fleet, right. as it were. And the world yawns because Model 3 is coming. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just feel this sort of slight desperation from so many different automakers. They're trying to get something out there, trying to get something out there in the... The world is just focused on three. Yeah, they're just like, uh, let's just talk about autonomy. Again, the Bolt is a lovely vehicle. Yes, it, it really is. is. Lovely. And autonomous driving will come, will be better with competition, with everybody doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's another article from Electric. This was also in Tesla that is arty. And um, it's about the Silky Smooth update. So we know a few weeks ago what? there was there was a new update to uh, autonomous driving capabilities in 8.1 software for the 2.0 hardware. So they upgraded and test. And Elon said this is super silky. It's super silky. A lot of people got that update, not me, and <laughs> said um, it's uh, not that super silky. So they came out with another update last week, which is now oh 8.1, and then it's 
5-2-8, and then it's now got this C528869. So it's some, an update to the update. Now, a lot of people are saying that this update to the update really is very silky smooth. But, Man. Robert, you have exclusive information because you've got it and I don't. Man on the street, as it would be. I, uh, I have a, like a few places where I drive repeatedly that are extremely challenging to the Model S mm-hmm. and to the hardware to autopilot. What makes them challenging, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. So there's six places where this always happens. Okay. There's a hard left turn on a road that is very, very well lined. Okay. So it's very clear uh, with hardware 8.1.17.26.76, the car would get to it and it wouldn't even make the turn beyond maybe 10 degrees. It would throw up a red signal. Alarm. Did, 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 did. It did not break. Okay. And that was scary, although I was in control so the whole time. So what did it do? It, didn't, it now, kept going forward? Now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it would keep going forward. Okay. Now the car will slow as it's getting to the turn uh-huh. and slow and go down to almost like maybe 25 miles an hour because uh-huh. it was like a 45 road. Right. And it'll start to make the turn. Then it gets kind of – it starts to veer left and right and uh-huh. then it throws up the signal, the red signal. It's gone through now 45 degrees of turn. Uh-huh. Does it feel like it's location-aware issue yes. or uh, oh, it's seeing issue. it as opposed to like is mm-hmm. it on, on GPS the car has been like, I know this is coming in yeah. about this area. I'm sure it's Or GPS. is it a camera that's like, I see something no. weird happening. Camera has a pretty narrow focus because if you look right. at what's going on in front of you on the road on the highway okay. and you look at the binnacle display at what's going on with the cars, a car has to be like halfway into your lane before it actually shows up. Right. On the yeah. display. So can okay. I just, So what's point two? So wait, one second there. Um, so on hardware 1.0 on the X, it's got a very wide view. It yeah. sees cars in this lane and that lane to the left and to the right. right. And yet I find in hardware 2 still, like you, same thing. It only sees it when it's coming right into the right. lane. So it's Hard- still not as good as the first edition right. of the hardware. Hardware 1 has mobile eye, which is better. And so that's one thing. Now you get on the freeway and you're on the on-ramp mm-hmm. and the as you get to the top of the on-ramp, as it's starting to merge, the lane marker on the right side is kind of worn out. Mm-hmm. So instead of com- – and and the, the surface of the road on the highway is very smooth and regular. And where the on-ramp meets it, there's a very distinctive line in the change of the – Road surfaces. Right, so the on-ramp is concrete because it's more durable, yeah. and the freeway itself it's probably blacktop. is blacktop because it's more but changeable. But that looks like a line, and so the car actually follows this dev- this line, uh-huh. which is just a variation in the road surface, right. and it drives you off the side of the highway. Oh, that's not good. Then you get a little further down, and there's a V, like there's a, a fork in the highway. Right, where they you meet, either, where it's two lanes meeting at the actually, end of the Actually, it's going out. Okay. So the fork is diverging, Okay. and one goes to the north freeway connector and the right. right and so it'll drive right up through the v it oh, does not because right falcon thing yeah because right the falcon thing right before right up the v that the was a falcon thing didn't work i like it i caught it i caught it mm-hmm. so it laugh. doesn't go left or right it just smashes right it goes straight it. in it That's and so there there are a number of these places that i keep watching to see and this is probably one of the reasons why the lane lines have to be really well marked so we're going to have to think about funding our our road repair crews to paint better lines and make sure the lines stay up because if yeah. some paint truck smashes up on the highway and throws a bunch of white all over the highway and obscures lanes, yeah. we could have problems. So I think it would it would behoove Tesla 
to build in something low. So let's say you're driving in that area. Yes. In any of those areas, and these things happen, and you're yes. and you have your map on. Why yes. wouldn't there be some sort of mechanism like Waze has, for instance, where you can just like double tap or triple tap or whatever and say a challenging area right. for them to sort of look at in detail of like what's going on in that area? Yeah. And, and uh, well, supposedly when we, we disengage, that's supposed to send a signal. Mm-hmm. Does it? I don't know. I've never heard any re- any replay or, or re. But there has to be so many events of disengagement that are benign. But they have all this data. What are they doing with it? Like you say, Waze is a is a crowdsourced GPS location. It's really for spot. Well, what what Waze does really well is if there's something in the freeway or a police officer or an accident, right? You can either you can you can notify that it's there, but you can also upvote it and say, is it still there? Like if you're the third or fourth car through it, and maybe it's cleared, is it still there? It asks you that, right? Is it still there? Is it not there? Right? And you can say no, and they will kind of. Clear, if they get enough no's, they'll kind of clear it from the system and it will go away. So where are you with this, Tesla? We know you've got a lot of this data. But this is another one of the frustrating things about Tesla. We know that they're collecting an enormous amount of data. They're mm-hmm. obviously doing stuff with the data. They're not telling us what they're doing with the data. They're not sharing that data. And it's annoying. Tell us. Give us a roadmap. Why do you hold this stuff back? Um Elon really likes to brag about stuff that's coming in the future. Yeah. Tell us that this is coming, if well, it's coming. If, I the, mean, if it's not coming then that's kind of lame. But of course it's coming. I mean, they've been talking about this, like this move towards autonomy. And I think it's just, so if you talk about a hardware one, right, you're talking about a camera, right? And now you're talking about several cameras, several sensors that all have to relay information and all have to be compiled. That's a much, much, much larger data set to sift through for any computer. That's why they have mm-hmm. a supercomputer in there, and they're currently only using two of, of the, the eight cameras, but the two aren't working as well as hardware one camera. Right, because, of again, Mobileye developed a pretty amazing system starting in 1999. They've had a lot of time with this, and they spent a lot of effort on it. But let me just wrap it up. I would say in the six critical fail points, this newest version of Autopilot 2 does better in one of them. Which one specifically? I forgot. <laughs> it's forgotten. <laughs> but it's all. better in one it of them. So yeah. we've got this update to the latest update. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying it's much more smooth. Robert is reminding us it is so far from perfect. Please stay engaged. I know I say that a lot. It's fun. I find it very useful. I think it reduces my fatigue. It's very helpful for me at night. But yeah. stay engaged. Please. And in this electric article that we've been discussing, there's a video of a guy driving and he got this update and he claims a lot of improvement for his particular drive. Now, sure. it's a very standard wide Florida highway that he's driving on. And but at one point he says, I haven't experienced this, but I have seen reports of some people experiencing scary behavior in the autopilot, too. Right in in AP two, and and I'll just reiterate that when we were driving last week, we had that moment when we got off the main highway, yes. and we were on that that sort of it was an improved road, but it didn't have lines on the right side of the vehicle as well. And so I said, "Hey, turn it back on," because Mel had turned it off, 
And instantly the car was sort of confused and we were coming around a right, a little right curving turn. And on the right hand side was just a dirt embankment, kind of, it was early in the morning, a low contrast lighting situation. And the car clearly was going to drive right into the embankment. Unless Mel took over. Thank you. I saved you, Tom. You did. You saved my life. It the- did act. Uh, it, it acted like a drunken sixteen <laughs> that Tom has said before. The best place to use autopilot is when you're in bumper to bumper traffic. Yes. You've got a long commute. You're Thank in you. not one of the edge lanes of the highway, and you're going like under thirty miles an hour. It is flawless there, and that is so much. So much less stress when, when stuck in traffic. When you say not one of the edge lanes, that's a problem in, in Los Angeles because that's where we put all of our high occupancy vehicle lanes, which the Tesla as a single driver is allowed to be in. True. So you're not comfortable in the carpool lane? Well, if I'm doing autopilot, honestly, I don't need to be in the carpool lane. Uh-huh. I can sit in the car an extra eight minutes on my commute or an extra 12 minutes, mm-hmm. and it really doesn't matter. I'm not that, in, you know, I'm not 100% engaged in the car. You can look away. It's much more relaxing. You just, I don't get stressed. If I'm not the one controlling the back and forth accelerate brake, it's wonderful. And if you go into the carpool lane, the problem is that a lot of those number one lanes get really close to the wall. The car does still have a little bit of jerkiness left and right, and mm-hmm. I don't feel the relaxing the love. Yeah. I don't I, feel the love. I think it's a I think personally that's like a contrast issue, right? That side wall is is almost the same color as the asphalt or the concrete, right? So in certain situations, the car I could easily see that camera kind of getting a little bit confused and maybe even thinking because it's not using sonar radar right it's using well, a camera I would, I would check out my twitter feed because i've got on there Your twitter six feed's not real. different pictures of my car going over the line and when there's vehicles next to me the the you can see the the ultrasonics are lighting up yellow and red yes because there's something very close yes. to me and it's still going over the it's line not, it doesn't appear to be using them i have the same experience that maybe it's a contrast issue it starts to drift and yet the ultrasonics are like uh yellow red Exploding! Ah, it's but, clearly not using it. But right so now. they're 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 going off and being sensed, but they're not part of they're the not, process. The feedback, the feedback is not like ultrasonics is saying uh, we're going too far to the left. It really doesn't seem like it's using them, and that would make sense that the hardware is not using all the sensors yet. It's still using like just or two it's cameras. Not, it's not giving it the same priority as visual. So, you know, how it weighs the information is interesting. I don't, you know, Elon says it's safe, and I still have not struck the sidewall, and I haven't struck any other vehicles. Even when those vehicles are starting to get, like, right up against the lane, and I'm getting right up against the lane, the car still manages to do okay. I don't know if that's just chance or if the car is actually doing something to protect itself. We'll see. And again, I will say, um, because there's probably more and more people listening to the show who are going to be Model 3 owners, I think the X and the X owners sort of have lived through this. They understand there are limitations. But I'm a bit concerned about Model 3 owners. The first day they get it, they're like, this is autonomous driving. It's just going to be fine. Trust me, you've got to stay engaged with this puppy until we get to you know level 4, level 5. There are these edge cases and uh, you can really, literally, drive off the rails. Edge cases with edges. Exactly. Hey, let's quickly talk about um, some giant flow batteries. You know, this is from Aris Technica. There's a lot of stuff about flow batteries right now. Flow batteries are these big batteries where there's liquid and a membrane, 
and uh, they're supposedly so good at uh, being charged and discharged without losing basically any capacity over tens of thousands of cycles that they're really being considered as mass backup storage um, at the grid level. You can't really use these in a car. They take too much volume. There was just one interesting one here, and there are so many stories about this, in Germany of a massive, a potentially massive flow battery where they're going to put all this liquid into these salt caverns in a German city, and I can't remember which German city, and it will have the ability to basically run the entire large German city for a number of hours if it works, and they're testing it right now. I just found it interesting. Berlin. Berlin it was, yes, for a few Uh, hours. A large German city. Actually, it said it could power Berlin for an hour, which is still damn impressive. That's a lot. Berlin is a big city. So this is the competitor to lithium-ion. There are those people that are saying lithium-ion batteries, great for cars, great for your phone, but even these huge installations that uh, Tesla is doing is maybe still not the right place to use them because cycling over time, over years, uh, too expensive and degradation, and that's right. why the flow people are saying ours is a better solution here. Look at how big this puppy is going to be. It's not actually installed yet. They're testing. I mean, it's typically – it could be a better solution because it may require less mining, less resources in some level to fu- to get the, the actual, like, positive and negative ions that – that oh, this right. that this takes right so so in the long run and people ask in the comments like is it's not good for portable obviously like not great for cars but could it be used for home storage and it's possible although right now the size of them are sort of uh difficult but they talk about you know like you need you would need like a 500 liter two 500 liter tanks which is you know some people in the outback of australia they have these giant uh, you know, on-site diesel and fuel oil tanks. Right. Uh, people who live up in the mountains whose homes run on propane typically have a giant uh, propane tank somewhere on their property as well. So, like, theoretically, you could kind of see it on that level, but right. it feels like still, for the most part, at least at the initial part of it, we're going to probably see it at the at the grid level size and then as the technology gets better, we'll probably see that trickle down. Yeah, like two months ago, we talked about an Australian company that was making a flow battery that would fit in your garage and take up, I don't know, a quarter of your yeah. garage. They were having some issues yeah. with reliability. Berlin has 3.4 million people. 3.4 million for an hour is a lot of storage. That's a huge, yeah. and it's a cold place in the wintertime. Yeah. I think this is a big difference. Oh, they didn't really say it great. was an hour in the winter. That's true. <laughs> it's an hour in the middle of the day. But, but the interesting one of the aspects of this is one of the the halves of the battery uses recycled plastics. Nice. Sort of as its as its charge point. I don't I don't really understand Maybe that as aspect. Maybe a membrane. But but I thought about that in in terms of like the giant Pacific Ocean plastic uh, flotilla, the right? Right. As that as that one thing scoops up that plastic, put it on a ship, send it over to Germany, and let it charge like a flow battery. That would be that amazing, would be, right? That would be really cool. Yeah, we've created so much plastic over the last sixty years. Cleaning plastics. It up. Oh my one god! Word. I think I, there was an article that came out that said we had seven trillion metric tons of plastic we've created, and that it's going nowhere because it's gotten all mixed up and it's not recyclable at this time. Uh, Solar City has had a little change up at the top there. Peter I, Reeve mm. is it? Peter's layout, the cousin. The second, yes. the second Reeve is out. Second Reeve is. He said that smarter people are going to take over at Tesla Solar and going to further develop the roof, which is not happening. 
yet. It's quite. happening slowly. Is this a little ominous that one of the main dudes, one of the cousins, is out from Solar City? No, I think what I happens think so. when you take think about a company like Solar City that that was. It's been in this massive growth, right? It got to a point where it was big enough that it made sense for, and Tesla matured enough, and it made sense for the two of them to come together. And Tesla obviously has a mature management and a mature sales force that Solar City probably didn't have. So I think at this point, it's like, it makes sense. There's like this transitional period, and there's this time that they can sort of walk away from it, and maybe he'll go on to other things. Now, we have, I wanted to just, as a small aside, I cleaned my solar panels over the weekend. Congratulations. I cleaned them early Sunday morning so yes, I could yes. compare them to my production of Saturday because the two days were pretty similar. pretty similar. And by cleaning them, I received about a 10% increase in the amount of production. So that's not insignificant. No, that's 10%. Yeah. So it went wow. from like 2.8 kilowatt hours, kilowatts, to to 3.1 the next day at, at, at the same hour in the day. Were basically. they filthy or just a little They dirty? were very crusty. Like They were so crusty that just hitting them with a hose wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And I had to take – I have a brush that attaches to the end of the hose so the water goes through the brush. Yeah. And I, and I kind of go at them so you like were on that. on the roof. I was on the roof, wow. yeah, and it was a little bit sketchy. And yeah. I got most of them, but I couldn't reach a couple on the front because I have a weird – patio thing and then i went and i squeegeed some of them and then later in the day i was hanging out in my pool and i could see the reflection of the sky was like a solid light box and i could see areas that i had sort of missed and and sort of were incompletely cleaned but even with but it was really most of it i had gotten really pretty well and i had missed a couple of panels and even with that i again like i said i got about a 10 percent increase so i think we somebody had asked that question a while ago do you really get a boost when you clean your panels uh turns out you do a yeah. pretty good boost. I'm surprised it's only 10% because when I do mine, when they're filthy, I get 20%, sometimes more. Because It certainly brings up this issue of cleaning solar panels in a Roomba-like way. It would be really nice for somebody sort of to break through that would be awesome. on a residential-sized solar installation to be able to clean them. Because I do the same thing. I get up there, I risk my life, I wash them down. And I scrub them, and then when they dry off and I'm down on the ground, I'm like, oh, I missed that bit. I missed that yeah. bit. So over the whole day, so Saturday, I produced 19.3 kilowatt hours. And on Sunday, I produced 21.6. You got a couple of kilowatt hours. So pretty good. Worth it. Yeah, so especially... 28 cents I earned from being up on my <laughs> Every day, every day, every day. So I just got a little update about the Tesla roof. Yes. Uh-huh. It Please. will be no less than nine months until the first solar roof, Tesla solar roof, will be installed. Oh, interesting. That's what Solar City told me. Wow. Yeah. And likely the sort of like delay in getting enough power walls, it will be less, it'll be at least a year if you want to combo Tesla solar roof and battery pack. And what I'll say about that in relation to what I said is how the hell are you going to clean that thing? Because you can't walk, like I can walk on my roof because it's asphalt around the perimeter and it's so you get a nice grip on your shoes. I'm not walking on a glass roof to clean it off. So how? We got to get you, uh, you know, like octopus shoes. But actually, that, on them. that might actually make 
the Roomba-like situation much easier. Now it's yeah. slick and it's glass. Maybe right. you could have a suction cup Roomba that could just run around and do it, whereas on the panels that are all broken up, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that I think will be a big a big part of it. Right? So that's interesting, too, because I have money down on a power wall. Cash yes. money. And I've heard nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I've got money down on the solar roof. Cash money. Nothing. Nothing. So that's because... They don't exist yet for me. Don't yeah, exist. They, say, they say that several components of the product are being tested by installers. Tested. And that some parts it. of it are not near completion yet. Not complete. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is one of the most annoying things we've ever had on the But they're is about it? to they're about to get uh, approval by Underwriter Laboratory, so that's a good thing. Ooh. Yeah. That's exciting. I want to know what happens the first time a firefighter is on the roof with his axe, yeah. and he takes a huge swing at the roof, and that owl bounces back and hits him right in the forehead because those things aren't breaking. Well, that's the other thing mentioned here was that they're going to need to get permit approval from local jurisdictions before they can actually do installs. So, so we're never going to see it because steps. that takes forever. Good luck getting those in LA Look, County. the last thing before we do supercharges I want to say about uh, the situation with Reeve and Solar City uh-huh. is that let's remember that Solar City was basically until the non-production of uh, Solar Roof a financing company. Um, and that's yeah. been the criticism of Solar City. They're not really doing anything except financing people's solar panels. Uh, yes, they install them, but basically they're mostly just a financing company. Yeah. And well, now that was their from business a financing model. company to really they're becoming a full-on production company, and that's a different set of skills, and that's maybe why you're going to see yeah. much more changing of the guard at the top. They need to have manufacturing experts now rather than financing experts, although there'll still be some financing. Let's talk about superchargers. Superchargers. This is so exciting. Mel, how are you feeling, Mel? Are you feeling... More mellow. I'm feeling anxious. Somebody oh. wants to talk about how the cost of supercharging, please go through that, and then I will tell you why I'm still anxious about so supercharging. So we've had people ask us, what's it going to cost when yes. we have to pay for supercharging? And we've been like, oh, we don't know. It's sort of nebulous on some levels. Uh, Robert is going to disagree but so the charging costs are approximate, and some of them are based on where you are. There is a calculator on the Tesla website, so I'll just run through one part of it, right? The Tesla calculator assumes that the supercharger cost is going to cost you $0.20 cents per kilowatt hour. In California. And gasoline cost assumes 21 miles per gallon at 273 a gallon, which may vary, obviously, based on location, configuration, blah, blah, blah. So for 3,000 miles driven you will have you will you will pay at the, at that rate $179 at a supercharger right this this is after the annual credit all for that other 3, stuff for 3000 for 3000 miles i didn't want to do it for 300 so, miles like i wanted to do it for like a good amount of a what you of months of what, what you'd want to supercharge right if you were going to supercharge 3 if you supercharge 3000 miles a year of whatever per, of whatever you're going to drive right it's going to cost you 179 that same 3000 miles driven at 21 miles per gallon at 273 uh, cost per gallon is going to cost you $390. So that's a savings of about $211. Not even about $211, but it's actually $211 <laughs> because that's how the math works. So if you have 300 miles range and you fill up, it costs you about $18 a charge for 300 miles of range. So you're saying that if I wanted to drive like to New York with a couple of detours along the way, it would cost me about $179. And that's actually a pretty good price. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Tesla show, you know, I like the Tesla show. I like those guys. Yeah. Um, 
they did a whole thing on supercharging. Mm-hmm. And their summary statement was there's a lot of new superchargers and Robert's going to tell us about how many more there are coming. But they're like, it's all going to be okay. But I would like to disagree with those guys. Oh, no. Yeah, I'd like to disagree. Not them. Because the math to me is very simple. We have 200,000-ish cars on the road right now, Tesla's worldwide. We're about to get, in the next few years, potentially a million to two million. So that's that's a five-fold to ten-fold increase in the number of cars. We need a five to ten-fold increase in the number of superchargers. Doing basic math. Now, I understand that, that you don't have to have that much more if you can increase the speed of the superchargers, but I'm still very anxious. We have a lot more superchargers coming. But we're going to have a lot more, a lot, 10 times as many in a very short time. And after that, there'll be another million and then another million every year. There's got to be an explosion in the number of superchargers. And I don't see that we are going fast enough. Right. But but think about this, right? In the last couple of weeks, we've talked about these gigantic supercharger like centers, right? That yes. Tesla's building in California. And we know from everything we've been told that Model 3 is going to be like location-based, right? Geographically based where a lot of people in California are going to get them first, right? So Tesla is like, we're about to deliver a lot more vehicles in this geographic location. And to, to satisfy the charging needs, we need to build these giant superchargers and they're doing it, right? So you, you look at, they see this thing that's about to happen. They're addressing it proactively. So that makes me very, very happy that they are thinking about this and that they are actually going to put more Model 3s out in California. Thank you very much. I'd like to have mine now. And that they're dealing with the charging infrastructure because we talked about the Kettleman City one and we're about to talk about one in Baker, right, which is uh, another location on the way to Vegas, right? So that's that's two big thoroughfares with two very big superchargers that are Mel four times, four to five to six times bigger than the current superchargers in those areas. So let me give you that update and tell you the upsides and the downsides. So we're talking about uh, Kettleman last week is going to be a 40-station supercharger. It's between San Francisco and L.A. A few days later, they announced that there's going to be another one of these supercharger stations with 40 heads, nozzles, whatever you want to call them, that's going to be at Baker, which is between L.A. and Vegas. Mm -hmm. They're going to have solar canopies. it's at this place where there's not much else going on. Uh, there is this sort of Greek restaurant thing. Sort of Greek restaurant? It's pretty uh-huh. famous. Sort of Greek restaurant? You cannot refer to the Mad Greek as a sort of Greek restaurant. It has one of the finest Euro-making situations it's good. in this area. They only get three stars on Yelp, though. Who People on Yelp are idiots. So, uh, I'm on Yelp. So Case in point. there's this new one, 40. Okay, that's good. What about the speed? So they're going to put mm-hmm. up the solar canopies. They're going to put up batteries. We've heard Elon say we're going to be able to charge much faster with version 3.0. The only way you're going to do that is if you have battery backups because those things can discharge really quickly. So that makes me feel better, 40 more. But again, let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. There's going to be a million cars coming off the production line uh-huh. in short order. Yeah. 40 is not going to cut it. But but again, we're talking about... I need but, but you have to think 400. about it in the big numbers, right? The big numbers. Currently, there's about 100,000 Teslas in the United States, right? Currently. Something. Like in that. the next two years, at the most, you're probably looking at... 
300,000, right? In the Three, next two years, you're going to have a million. Okay, so that's 10 times more. Thank is you. Is that what you want to, is that with the number that you want to go? 10 times right? more. And as they do that, they're going to be building, hopefully building more and more of these bigger, at least they're, at least they're not sitting in a room at the, mo- like right now we've seen very detailed plans. We've seen permits pulled for very large supercharging centers with yes. lounges and all yes. this other stuff, right? Good. That they've designed and planned and gotten to the permitting situation, right? Already ahead of time. So why do you not believe that that is good, that they're going to continue to roll these out? If they put one of these every 300 miles, that would lead me to A, say the Model 3 is going to have more than 214 miles of range, and B, that they are forward thinking about this thing. And as they roll them out, they're going to roll these out. So, yes, they're rolling them out. Yes, it's good. But again, if you do the math, this is where my anxieties come from. By the end of the year, we could have two times as many Teslas on California roads. The end of this year? The end of this year, we could have twice as many. Yes, we could. If production ramps up on the Model 3, they could have 100,000 Model 3s by the end of the year. That's twice as many Teslas as there are in the United States right now. Early next year, they could be rolling out 50,000 more per month. But we only see impacts on three or four or five superchargers. We don't hear this widespread, I'm waiting in line for superchargers. We don't see that everywhere. We don't. But, for example, Mountain View is a great example. Apparently, the Mountain View supercharger is now the busiest supercharger in the United States. And according to people who live up there, people like on the Tesla show and Tesla Radio and other places are saying, there is always a line at that supercharger. And I say to Tesla, you see the lines it's where you live up there in the Silicon Valley. Why haven't you built a 40-store one next door because, and next door? Because and next that's door not why they built door. the supercharger network. These people live in the area, and they're just using the supercharger to charge their cars. That horse Get is dying. Get a freaking charger at your house. No, oh. they're, again, the Model 3 is going to start being bought by people who don't own houses that have apartments, yeah. and you have to have metro charging stations. I'm saying this is an example of the failing portion of supercharging because people are waiting in line. You cannot wait in line. It's bad PR. But Model 3 people are going to have to pay. Yes, Yes, they are. But still, they're going to want to use the supercharger. They're coming from a car that you would go to anywhere to get gas. In fact, think about it. There are so many gas stations in almost everywhere. I know the central, like San Francisco City, there's almost no gas stations. But really, in the greater America, where do you wait to <laughs> buy gas? America. Where do you, where do you Real wait? America. Where do you wait to buy gas? There's only one place I can think of in California where you actually wait to buy gas. Costco. Costco, because they have the cheapest gas. Oh, but everywhere else, that we have a saturation of gasoline pumps. Mm-hmm. We, it's going to be a years until we have a saturation of supercharger plugs. And it's going to be a little inconvenient. So I agree with Tom. You should try and plug in your car when you're at work, plug in your car when you're at home, plug in your car when you go watch a movie at the movie theater, anywhere where you're going to be for two hours or longer, not a supercharger, I should say. This is exclusive of supercharging. And you use a supercharger, you know, sparingly. And that's the way to go. Let me um, put a sort of bow on this. And now Aww, I've, I've look, given you. It's so cute with a little bow on. I've given it. you my anxieties. I've ticked off half the audience. There's an article here by Clean Technica uh, that says this. Let me just be very clear about why Tesla is going to win the electric car wars. And it's because of 
supercharging. Because Tesla seems to still, still be the only car company that understands that it's about charging infrastructure as much as it is about the car. And that the Tesla supercharging stations, compared to any other charging network, is faster, there's more of them, they're easier to find, they're more reliable, they're expanding, they have superchargers, there's a clear path to get cash to build more because now they're going to start charging, they're integrated into the navigation system, no other charging network comes close to the Tesla supercharging network, so there's the upside, I absolutely agree, compared to the other supercharging networks or the other charging networks, Tesla is so far ahead. I have anxieties. I just want them to continue to pump a serious amount of cash in there so they continue to have that advantage because the other charging networks are terrible compared to Tesla's. So this article from Clean Technica really highlights all of the issues, right? He goes like point by point by point and talks supercharging and what it has versus EV charging. And Mel just went through a nice list of it. If you have questions about a charging network, I have not, in the 96 shows that we have done, seen a better written article Mm. that sort of explains it in a way that anybody can understand. Like, this is the negative, this is the benefit, this is why, right? He talks about how a lot of places you go, and this is very true, when you go to a supercharger, very, very rarely are they not working. If you go to an EV charger, a lot of times they are not working. Most like, of the time. He even, gets, of the time. he even gets to the point where he talks about how the spots are marked, right? Like in a parking lot, uh, a regular – like at the Whole Foods, right? There's EV charging. They've done a fair job of, of putting some EV information on the ground, but they still occasionally get iced. If you go right. to a Tesla supercharger, they're red, there's bright – like you know – that right. this is a, an electric vehicle charging station. And that is another thing. Like that little tiny thing is something else that EV networks aren't doing. But this, go go read this article if you have any questions about charging networks in so th- general. This sounds like an article that might need to go on the Talking Tesla website as an essential this article essential as a reference. Right. I think it is, yeah, personally. And, and you're, you're saying EV chargers. You're talking about like the J1772 Any other public network, charger. Right? I'm talking about if you he, – he goes through all of it, right? He yes. goes through PlugShare. He talks about Blink. and he, yep. he Not specifically, but he talks about the paid networks, the yeah. free networks, the things that, that the cities have put up, light pole charging, right? And how there's there, there are always – not always, but oftentimes – there are issues with that network, and that network isn't, as Mel stated, is not tied into your range of your vehicle, right? It's not telling you, oh, you need to go to this charger because you only have X amount, right? Like Tesla supercharging built into the car the, as a singular network gives you, you're going to get there and have 10% where you can decide, oh, I'm a little scared about 10%. Do I want to find a destination charger in between that? Like you can make decisions based on like, oh, and the car will tell you, hey, slow down. You're not going to make it to your charger if you're driving 65, right? You're getting constant feedback in the Tesla charging network. So key point for anybody who's going to advise or install some sort of 1772, J1772 public charger is do not put them right at the front 
like right at the entrance to the mall or right at the entrance to the mall store or the movie theater or whatever, stick them back a ways because we don't want people icing them just because they're, number one, open, and number two, at the entrance. You should stick them a ways back so that the electric cars can have their place where they need to plug in. And the other thing is talking about your mail anxiety. I just went ahead and actually found this smile pack posted on the TMC forum, how many superchargers there are between Las Vegas and LA. And currently with the the soon to be opened ones, we're at 112, not counting Hesperia, which is probably going to be at least 20 stalls. So that would make 132 stalls between LA and Vegas. That's a lot of stalls. It's a lot of stalls. I love the supercharger network. It is one of the fundamental reasons why Tesla is going to crush the competition. Not that that's necessarily a good thing, but let's keep expanding it. Supercharger network is at least important as the car itself for all of the reasons in that article. It is such a good article. Go and read it. Do you know how many superchargers opened just this week? Could you give us the summary? We had nine stations open up this week, and they're all pretty large stations. Uh, We had two in the United States, one in Canada, one in Mexico, one in Korea, and five in China. The China ones arguably are on the small side, four or six plugs. But they're, they're spreading them out around China because it's a big country. And those and, will be the, that will be the charger network to end all charger networks at some point. Yeah, and, that, and there's a lot more people in China and a lot more electric cars being sold in China than even yeah. in the United States. We had eight superchargers entering the construction phase, seven in the United States, one in Australia. And uh, the one that they're putting up in little old South Lake Tahoe, that's one of the, that's the only California uh, install is going to have 14 stalls. So again, bigger, bigger, bigger. And this is not even reporting on the expansion of already existing supercharger locations. Um, and there's one supercharger that they just permitted also in California, San Clemente, which is really important because I thought the most overused supercharger with the most sort of uh, conflict was the one that was in Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga no, no, was it? San Juan, San Juan Capistrano. Capistrano? Yeah, down on the on the beach, that one's... It's only like four no, or five stalls, and it's always it's, full. It's Yeah, it's six stalls, and it's uh, it's just impossible. Impossible. Hard to get to. Hard to get into the parking lot. Hard to get into the supercharger in the parking lot. Congested all the time. Yeah, we always talk about, like, San Francisco to Los Angeles, but that L.A. to San Diego is actually a really heavily traveled route, and that... Unlike the five freeway, like there's vast open areas where people don't live. The L.A. to San Diego route, that doesn't exist, right? Like that that thing is – there's people the whole way. It's like a megalopolis basically right. from here to San Diego. So so are they metro chargers or are they – So you cities? need everything. I mean yeah. I think you just – honestly, like you just need a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of chargers. You need a lot yeah. of chargers. They're coming. We need more. We've got destination chargers. It's right. all good. There's also a lot of movement in the boring tunnels and some announcements by uh, Elon. We're actually going to save that until next week because this week is obviously all about Model 3. I want us to focus on Model 3. So – On that point, then, let's get to letters. And I don't know if you knew this, but on Friday, there's a new car that's going to be revealed. Wait a minute. What car? 
Uh, it's called the Model Three. Oh, interesting. And I haven't uh, heard of it. we're going to be streaming live from the the Talking Tesla YouTube uh, site. And uh, we'll probably be talking about uh, the Model 3 and superchargers and some other stuff there as well. So once the Model 3 comes out, yeah. we're going to continue to talk about it, you think? I think we'll probably oh, keep talking about it. Interesting. Hey, interesting. here, let's do some letters and let me just destroy a couple of names for you because <laughs> that's what I do. Michael Obachowski. No, you could have gotten that one. You chose not to. Obachowski. No, I think you were right. Obachowski. Bachowski, uh sends us a note that says, hey, there's a TED Talk from seven years ago. That's Michael, a long time ago. About biomimicry and nature mm-hmm. and how you know evolution has had a few billion years to sort some of these issues out. Yeah. And uh, we should just sort of copy it. It's a really good talk, and I just put it in there for reference. It's excellent. It is a good talk. Whitey White Man. Do you think that's a real <laughs> name? <laughs> Do you think that's real? No, I just realized no. that. Because, no, it's not real because he's got a totally different email name. But Whitey White Is it Whitey or Witty White Man? Witty White Man? I think oh, it's I Witty think White Man. It witty White Man? Uh, <laughs> it's quite witty. Model 3 Reveal. He says, look, I really like your stuff. And um, I can give you an invitation to the Model 3 event. I'll take it. Which sounds great, but unfortunately can't just do that. Are you sure? You can take me to the event, uh-huh. but I can't. Be you and it's and not go to the event, and for sure, one hundred percent, we know it's not transferable. Uh, well, I'll be emailing to find out, but I you'll don't... be emailing the witty white man, <laughs> the, the witty white man, and actually, I don't know where the reveal event's at. Where is it at? Fremont. Fremont. It is at Fremont. Yeah, at uh, seven. We could be there with Friday. only hours of supercharging <laughs> waiting to go. Although you wouldn't even have... Do you have to supercharge to go to Fremont now in your new extended uh, range I, vehicle? If I, I probably it. drove at 60 miles an hour, I could probably make it. Yeah, we're not doing that, so we're going to have to supercharge. So we're going to have to supercharge. So if you can transfer it, transfer it, we will go. Because uh, Robert's not going to be around anyway, so a uh, road trip for uh, Mel and I. Chad Carwell says, uh, on your last episode, you mentioned homed energy monitoring, and everybody keeps talking about this sense.com. Oh, my so God. It's so cool. We yeah. uh, we talked about that. Um, yeah, I'd like to get one. It's still got some issues, but home energy monitoring is hot. We want to know where all our electrons are going. The sense thing, there's a cool video on it. It learns. It doesn't know everything, but it learns kind of what you're using and how you're using it and sends you notifications. You left this light on, you left this on, you left that on. That's kind of cool. You know, having watched four different of these devices and they say, well, it doesn't recognize this light, that light. You know, electricians all the time will go to your circuit breaker and they'll put a little device near your circuit breaker and then they'll walk around your house mm-hmm. with another device and just put it near a plug or a light yeah. that's on and it will give a signal back and forth so that they know, oh, right, this light or this plug belongs to that circuit. They'll mm-hmm. map your house. I don't understand why these devices can't do the same thing. You can't, That's what it does do. You have a thing that you hold in your hand and you say, this it's, is the light in the living GPS room. It's in a, in, a, in a sense, right? It's All not right. – it, at first it doesn't do that, right. but it will eventually learn. Like it will say this light is on and you can say to it, oh, that's that light, right? Okay. You, can, you can teach it as Great. you move forward. This is cool. You should go check it out. The videos – there's some good videos about watching I just it. looked at their team. There are so many people working yeah. for this company. needs to be professionally installed though and we have no – Stock or interest in Sense.com. Oh, we have interest. No, none of them. But we have no stock. Yes, we have interest. Uh, we got another one to hear from Bobby Pomelu. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby Hey, Bobby. Says, uh, ask the question um, about coal for your EV versus oh. petrol, which is cleaner. Yeah. And so I would suggest to you this. It is probably true that if you have a 100% incredibly dirty coal. Um, dirty. 
making uh, machinery to uh, get that is your electricity at your house, then an EV may not be as clean as a clean, high-mileage Prius, for example. But uh, since most electricity, even in the United States, is not completely from 100% disgusting coal, in most places an EV is cleaner. But you can actually go onto various sites that look at where you're getting electricity, what the mix of renewables and non-renewables is, and then you can put it into a little calculator and compare, we've done this in the past on the show, which is cleaner, an EV or a high-mileage Prius, for example. And in most cases, the EV wins, but not always. So full disclosure. And this is a Canadian article from the Globe and Mail. And what I think never is taken into account are things like, yeah, like the the actual production of the petrol, right? They're talking right. about the dirtiness of the petrol at the end after it's been refined and turned into the golden clear liquid that we all know and hate. Um, but there's a process to get it there, like the tar sands, which will be the biggest environmental nightmare this planet has ever freaking created. And we did it knowing full well what environmental nightmares look like on yeah. top of everything. So, so I put in a couple of comments. One like, I don't know anywhere in North America where, or, or Europe where the grid is run on 100% coal, period. I don't think there's anywhere – well, there like might that. be places where you're right down the street from a coal-fired power plant yeah. and you get all your electricity from that plant. Right. Now, the whole grid system may not, but you in your region might be getting it from there. So there are certainly places like that. And so I went to a website, Nova Scotia Power, for Nova Scotia, where he's from, mm-hmm. and they do get 57% from, quote, solid fuel, which <laughs> is really coal. Solid fuel. And then they get another 14% from natural gas and oil, mm-hmm. and the rest of it is renewables. So that's 71%. So that car, those cars would be technically like thirty percent cleaner, yeah, in a lot of ways than in, than an EV vehicle. But Mel makes a point always, always, always: as our grids get cleaner, as more solar comes online, your electric car also becomes cleaner. Right, something that your ICE vehicle is incapable of. Yeah, that's a it's a very important point, and you can magically make your EV super duper clean if you are have the opportunity to put up uh, solar panels, for example. So it's a good point, though, if you really want to know if you're, you know, should I buy a Prius, should I get an EV, and I'm not sure about the electricity mix, there are sites now that you can go and check, and it will basically do the math for you. And your local, uh, my guess is any of your local energy companies will tell you where they're getting their mix from. They're probably, they probably have to, you know, in a lot of ways, tell you what the mix is. Like Robert was able to find Nova Scotia's mix, so find your mix. And then you'll know if it's 10%, it's 10% cleaner. Like, that's just easy math. Kevin Jackson has an article, uh, a letter here that says he loves the show. He's really been saving up to buy a car. He's not a rich dude, but if you want to buy even an S, you can do it. And he's been sort of putting his coins away for a long time and uh, is excited about it. But most importantly... He wants to know how to join the Black Caucus. The Black Caucus is exploding in popularity. <laughs> so we'll set you up with Joel Sapp. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, we'll get you in because, you know, we have the T-shirts. We're and, in. And Joel, let us know whether or not you want to keep adding <laughs> members of the Black Caucus. You may not. You may want to have a, a caucus of three or four, and then we will just tell these people, no, the Black Caucus has been closed. It's closed. But we don't know right now, so we need a what we would call a black caucus mechanism to know what to tell these people. Yeah, we need to have like a sub. Because they're, they're coming. 
More subreddit. And more of a subreddit. Rob Simmons, Autopilot 2 question. He's question. asking about Autopilot 2 with lane changing and how do I feel about that. So here's another sort of uh, concern I have about Autopilot. So if you're in uh, Hardware 1, and Uno. the wife's X, for example, and you click on uh, and you're in Autopilot and you want to change lanes, it'll change lanes for you. But again, it changes lanes a little bit like a 16-year-old driver. It Takes a bit of a look, can't see that far behind it, but says it's all clear and goes. So sometimes I find it sort of cuts people off if you're not careful. Oopsie. Hardware 2.0, I find, is more like a 13-year-old driver right now. That's worse. Uh, yeah, that's worse. <laughs> it just is like, I'm going, I don't even care. So I don't find that the lane changing with the current iteration of the software for Hardware 2.0 is trustworthy for lane changing. What is your experience, Robert? I've had a number of people give me the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, they're coming up in the lane to my right, like probably too fast. But when I engage the turn signal to tr- to move over, the car looks, it's clear. And as I'm moving over, all of a sudden I see lights in my rear view mirror. And they were, like I said, moving way too fast. And they're upset at me for doing that. And the car does not see behind it right now. No. And it doesn't look to the sides of it right now. The only thing it has is the ultrasonics, which is about 16 feet, I believe. But I, I don't really think it sees 16 feet. Uh, At least I don't have that indication on the binnacle display. Maybe it does in the back in the software somewhere, but I would say it's not ready for prime time. It's fun to play with. And again, bumper to bumper traffic. You live in LA, it's great. Or maybe DC, it's great. Don't trust it yet. Again, there's lots of cameras on hardware 2.0 that haven't been engaged, and I think this is going to make this all better. But for now... Changing lanes with autopilot is for fun. It's uh, not safer, I don't <laughs> it's believe. It's for fun. Jessica S. sent us a link to a blog that she puts together, and it's really beautiful. It's uh, pictures of S's in various situations all over the place, maybe all over the world. Really nice photography, some nice sort of even sort of poetic language that mm-hmm. talks about these things. Go check it out. I really like it. Did you like the pictures there, Tom? You're a professional photographer. Did you think they were quite good? Yes, they're lovely. There's some lovely photos. The words are lovely. Nature and humanity coexisting with one another, neither transgressing on another's rights. That's what the Tesla Model S represents. In fact, that's the kind of future you want to raise your kids in. (gasps) So good. Go check it out. I like the last picture with the Tesla and this amazing rainbow over it. It's just another great piece of work by a Tesla devotee. Thank you. What did Andrew want us to talk about? I think Andy uh, was talking about the maps and uh, supercharging and how you put in, like, your trip and where you're going to be. And he doesn't feel comfortable arriving with less than 10% charge. He wants to know, should he stay a little longer at a supercharger or not? He doesn't sort of, you know, jibe with the Tesla map uh, programming. And I agree. I've been to the supercharger multiple times where it says, okay, time to go. And you and I didn't pay enough attention. Yeah. And when I'm getting close to the next supercharger, it's saying, slow down. You're right. at 6%. Well, because this, but this, so he's trying to get to the superchargers at under 10% or around 10% because, again, that's where you're going to get the fastest charging right. when you show up at the supercharger. And sometimes it'll 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 kind of move you along in the path and maybe you'll arrive at 30% which isn't the the most efficient from a speed 
uh, point of or view. Or 0%. Zero or 0%, percent, which is also not good. Very, very much so not good. And, you know, trying to get to 10% is, is a little bit questionable because if you hit an uphill patch or you hit something unforeseen like a minor detour or something like yeah. that, that's a Headwinds. little bit... So, you know, it, it it is difficult, but I think Tesla, the car, the navigation, the supercharger network, again, does a really good job of trying to optimize this for you automatically. There, It would be nice if you could, like if there were some preferences on some level where you could kind of set it to to do that. But, you know, we're not there yet. Or if there's sensors in your air suspension that say, oh, this car now weighs, you know, an extra 280 pounds, or this car weighs an extra 700 pounds. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> How 700 dare you? Because <laughs> wow. you go camping. Oh, and you bring oh, yeah. stoves camping, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Or you take two or three more people in the car, and that's not your typical driving style, but the car could right. sense that. Yeah. There's a lot that the car could do. I expect the engineers are very busy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I find the maps very good, but I always add a little extra. So David Hine has a letter here about Hi, uh, Model 3 running costs. So does somebody want to answer that? Yeah. So he asked the question, any tips on how to calculate expected cost savings for running a Tesla Model 3 versus his Mazda 3? Mazda 3, Model 3, there's something there. Ah, three. So he pays 35 cents per kilowatt hour, and he says that's likely to increase 20% in the coming months. I, I did not do the math to increase it to $0.42. Cents. Uh, and he pays one twenty per liter, which led me to believe that he's not in this country because we don't buy gasoline by the liter. But he helped me with the math on there, and he pays four fifty per gallon of fuel. So I looked up the Mazda 3. So if you think about this, at 35 per kilowatt hour, assuming a 60 kilowatt hour battery with 215 mile range, which is still the official range on the Tesla website, it would be $21 to fully charge a Model 3 from empty. And that cost would end up being about 10 cents per mile. Got it. Right. If you had a, I looked at the Mazda 3 and that gets somewhere between 28 and 38 city and highway. So I called it 31 because I needed a number to do the mathematics on this one. And that would end up being about 14.5 cents per mile. So even if your electricity costs go up 20%, you've got a little tiny bit of wiggle room. You could be at 12 cents versus 14 and a half cents. And then uh, Robert. Yeah, I was going to say that you're going to have fewer maintenance costs. You're not going to replace your brakes very often. I've gone almost 90,000 miles without a brake change, and there's not much mechanics in the car that are going to go wrong that you're going to have to pay to fix. Secondary, ask yourself this question. How much more are you willing to pay for transportation to transport yourself with clean energy? Okay, Tom, how much more are you willing to... Oh, you, that was rhetorical. You didn't want me to actually ask that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would you pay ten percent more just to be driving a car that doesn't have a tailpipe? I might, but that's not practical for most people. Like, that's not going to be like. So you're already paying. Uh, bear with me. You're already paying a premium for the car, right? Because it's electrical. Exactly. That's and what I'm now saying. you're going to pay more on top of that for the energy. No, to no, move no. The, the energy is going to be less. Well, the energy is going to be less. It's, it's, let's look at the whole picture. Okay, just the whole picture. How much are you willing to pay extra to drive clean? But why you keep saying extra, but you don't say it's going to be more? So if it's more, I don't think a lot of people are willing to pay any extra, right? You use the word extra, which is why I'm saying I'll the word more. Myself. More and extra, they mean the same thing? Extra more. I agree with you. I, th You and I will pay more yeah. extra 
to be clean. But I don't think this revolution can rely on people doing that. As we've seen, a lot of people's hard, you know, in the pocketbook day to day, they want to be as, they want the cheapest car possible to get them from point A to point B. And that's where we need to be. And I say it's we're pretty that, close. We're and pretty close. And I want to clarify. It's not that they want it. It's that they need, need it, it, right? People right. want, like, the reason that Chevy made the spark is because that's what people can afford, Right. That's why these little tiny vehicles, why there's a, you know, a very entry-level model in all these car companies, because that's what some people need. That's what they can afford. And if you said to those people, oh, you're going to drive your car cleaner, but it's going to cost you an extra $4,000, they're going to say no. So, again, it'll depend on the fuel prices in your area, the electricity prices in your area. In general, this is an in general, you'll be paying a half to a third for the amount of juice that you put into your car. And you have to then sort of see how much that car, its initial buying price is and how long the payback period is. Um, so it's not 100% yet. You can buy a gas car, brand new gas car for 20000 bucks in the United mm-hmm. States. You can't buy a brand new Model 3 for $20,000 yet. So if you're doing it purely on cash, then go buy yourself a Hyundai Elantra or something that's really cheap and you'll save more money right now. I think that's going to change in five years. I think that the initial buying price of an electric car will be the same or less than a gas car. And then the electricity will be less than the petrol. So soon they will win on all fronts. And there are cars like the Prius that get 54 miles per the gallon, right? So like it, it depends on what car this particular case yes. for this Mazda 3 14.5 cents per mile for gas versus the Model 3, 10 cents. So you got a 40% savings? Almost yeah. 50%. Trevor McKenzie wants to know where Going Zero is. Uh, i got to tell you, it's coming out really soon. I'm trying to find a way to publish it super simply. So it's actually the a lot of the stuff is done. The content is done. But um, it'll get uh, published in the next few weeks, I believe. Uh, Michael McGrath talks about clean coal and says, uh, you know, uh, it's not clean coal. But there's a way that you can turn CO2 into um, ethylene, um, which then you use for what? What do yeah. you use that for? You burn things or you make plastics. Does that release the CO2 again? Yes. Does that release the carbon again? Yeah. So this is all about do we need to do extraction of fossil fuels or not? We just need plastics. I agree with that. We could probably do better and make more things out of corn. We got lots of other good letters. We're going to put them in next week's show because next week's show we all have nothing to talk about. There'll be no news. No, nothing new will be happening no. next week at all whatsoever. Tom won't have his Model 3. Won't happen. I won't have spent. 100 hours in the design center yeah. uh, picking my one option. I just want to know one thing. Yeah. What shirt uh-huh. are you going to wear on Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific time for the Model 3 delivery event? What shirt will I be wearing? I will probably be wearing my Model 3 shirt if I had to pick a shirt. If it's clean yes, and it doesn't it's not odorous. Okay. Then I will probably be wearing my Model 3 In shirt. Is there a different case, shirt that you would want me to wear? No, I was going to suggest. Well, I wore my, my uh, Your Hyperloop tunneling shirt, shirt right today now. because we, we didn't get into the tunneling. So mm-hmm. I'll have to wash it and wear it next week. But the suggestion I have for you, okay. bring a towel. Okay. Because I would hate for you to drool all over your Model 3 shirt with, like, Chardonnay in one hand and uh-huh. hot dogs and, and sliders. And uh-huh. the drool will be staining, I'm sure. Yeah. I wouldn't want your Model 3 shirt stained. No, I wouldn't want my Model 3 shirt stained. So that's the end of Talking Tesla 96. We will see you next week. Keep your letters coming. Keep your reviews on iTunes coming. Please. Thank you thank for you. the Patreons. We'll see you Friday 
for the reveal event live on YouTube. So that's exciting. Stay tuned to the Twitter for more information. Have a great day. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Mel. Mel. Tom. Robert. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Tom. Adios. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by CC Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.